from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. There was an emergency meeting. I don't know if emergency is the right word. A, a unplanned meeting. Urgent meeting. Yeah. Called by the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill Board of Trustees, of which the meeting was attended by head football coach Mac Brown. Here's the update on the Tez Walker situation. They're still looking into what they can do in the Tez Walker situation. Basically. Uh, they called an outside counsel to uh, combine with their inside counsel to advise them on the possibilities. I stand by what I said on Friday involving Tez Walker. It stinks. Tez Walker should be allowed to play. Yep. I don't think there's any way that happens now because any situation that goes through the courts has to go through the courts, and that takes a long time. I don't I don't know how many uh, NCAA court anythings have gone quickly. They seem to drag out. And because of that, like Tez, UNC, whoever could sue, could sue. They could do it. They could, they could go through the whole process. I just don't know how a decision would be made until after the season. And what's the point then, right? Like, you know, in, in the, the offseason between the 2023-2024 season, you learned that Tez Walker should have been eligible in the 2023 season. It, it doesn't help you much. And, and by the way, like as far as like a stay or an injunction, every stay or injunction that I've heard of in the college or in the sports world, more, more aptly put, it's always been you can keep it as it was. Tay, or, sorry, uh, Tez was never eligible. I don't know how you could get a stay or an injunction on something like he should remain eligible while this goes on, except he, he wasn't eligible. He never was at North Carolina. It's well. It's weird because they he was, but then they flipped it. Like they were like they pulled his way. Like they pulled the grant of his waiver away. They, and like they, in they August, never, they never gave. They didn't apply till April, and then it was it, in August. He was ruled ineligible. They were expecting it to be eligible. Yeah. So it's it's he never was ruled eligible. It was anticipated he would be, but he never yeah. was. So the stay or the injunction becomes difficult. I think there's a lesson to be learned here, and we talked about it on Friday. Life's not fair. It's not fair. Don't get me wrong. And I wish it could be fixed. I just don't see how. You know, we joke about billable hours. I think there's going to be a lot of billable hours in this one that don't lead a lot of places. Unless you are, again, and we talked about this with with Brian Murphy, WRAL Sports Investigative Reporter. Unless there's some bigger monster you're fighting, if you're fighting to make Tez Walker eligible this year, I think you may have run out of mechanisms to to fight that fight. If you are looking for something bigger, if you're looking for, you know, uh, what was what was the uh, uh, the name, image, and likeness was actually like O'Bannon versus the NCAA or something. Yeah. Unless you wanted Tez Walker to be the name on the lawsuit, that changes the NCAA in a big way elsewhere. I don't see what the purpose of this is, right? If you wanted to make it so like uh, barring a transfer was was unconstitutional then yeah, you could go ahead and, and it's like, you know, Tez Walker versus the NCAA could become a Supreme Court case. But I just, I don't, I think you have to look at Tez and go, this is wrong. You should be allowed to play. Unfortunately, there's nothing we can do. 
get stay in shape, keep working. You're going to practice with us, and and we anticipate you having a big season next year when you are eligible. And he'll say, yeah, but Drake's going to be gone. <laughs> yeah, probably. Start working with the number twos. <laughs> Start figuring out who the next quarterback's going to be. Uh, also, his team beat App, North Carolina beat App. Tez Walker was a, a honorary captain. This is the more you want me to get cold and callous real quick. Mm-hmm. You want me to get cold blooded? I think they need to start making it less about Tez Walker. They had stickers on the back of the helmet. They had him being honorary. I think you need to start making this season about the players on the field. I think that's just the. It, it, by the way, that's if your priority is uh, winning football games. Because I've been on fo- football teams, and many of us had or have. And, and right, you, you play better when the most important thing in the room is winning football games. Yeah. If, if your most important thing is changing the NCAA for the better and having a bigger impact, that's not good for winning football games. Yeah, and again, it's not move on from Tez. It's move on from the situation. It's, it's let the lawyers handle it. Yeah. Right? It's let the board of trustees handle it. You know, our starting left guard – isn't going to be the one driving this societal change in the NCAA to allow more player empowerment and player movement based on mental health, family, and and precedent set. Like, like that's not how it works. So you might as well put it on your back burner. And, and that's not saying, you know, throw your guy under the bus. That's not saying you care about Tez any less. But if you want to win, you know, lofty goals as a football team, I think it's time to put, put Tez kind of out of the spotlight for a little bit. Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. You could really use the JAG Advantage. What's the JAG Advantage? The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996 with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage. Score with the Jim Allen Group at thejagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity. Let's get to number four. We are the four horsemen. Bad QB play in the NFL. Oh, so much of it this weekend. Sloppy QB play in the NFL. Week one, I, I mean, it better be. You're right. Maybe four preseason games was the perfect number, and now that they've gone to three. The first regular season game is just going to be sloppy. Maybe they're not practicing enough. Maybe defenses. I don't. I don't. I, I'm not sure. But Joe Burrow completed 45% of his passes for 82 yards total with no touchdowns. And Bryce Young, Daniel Jones, Lamar Jackson, and Ryan Tannehill had worse QBRs. He completed 45% of his passes for 82 yards. And four Bruh. starting quarterbacks had worse QBRs than him. He was borderline, not a top five worst worst QBR. He was the fifth worst. That's yeah. that's that's saying something. And and it's funny how we react differently, right? Joe Burrow, I'd say there's there's little to no panic. Daniel Jones, great amount of panic. Lamar Jackson, great amount of panic, even though he's a former MVP and he's been pretty uh, successful, and he won his game. Ryan Tannehill, there's a lot of I told you so's. Should have moved on. 
maybe uh, Malik Willis or Will Levis sighting. And then Bryce Young, I would say there's there's like let's wait and see panic. There's hold on, I don't think he's still a rookie. Give him a minute. Give him a minute. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I want to focus in on Daniel Jones though for a second. Not for a long time, just for a second. Uh, if I hear one more, forty million dollars a year for that, as if it's uh, an, an original joke. Um, you didn't pay forty million dollars a year for that. You didn't pay. $40 million a year for Daniel Jones to find himself completely unbeknownst, un, uh, not in his control at all, down 16 to nothing. You didn't pay $40 million for him to be able to come back from 16 to nothing. That's not what he does. The thing you paid him for is if you get ahead by 16 to nothing, he will protect that lead. The first series, he drove and put them in field goal range. The kick was blocked in return for a touchdown. Missed field goal six no, or mixed extra point six nothing. Uh, there's a punt there where the Giants were very conservative. Punt, boom. Cowboys get a field goal nine nothing. Not anything crazy. Then he throws on third and long. He is the guy that protects the football. Right early in his career, he was the guy that turned the ball over a lot. Now Daniel Jones is the guy that protects the football. So on third and nineteen or whatever it was, what does he do? He checks down to Saquon Barkley. Barkley catches the ball takes a step or two, doesn't protect the ball, popped up into the air, caught by the de defense. They call it an interception, even though if you watch the broadcast, they called it a fumble the entire time. Uh, it's returned for a touchdown. Now it's 16 to nothing, and Daniel Jones isn't built for that. He's not built for the shootout comeback. He's built for get the lead and hold the lead. That's why you paid him $40 million. Whether you should pay him $40 million or not for that is a whole other question. I would say no. But he had done nothing that showed you he was the guy that's going to come back and score three unanswered touchdowns. If you want that guy, pay $80 million for Patrick Mahomes. You're not going to get it for $40 million and, and Daniel Jones. Speaking of Daniel Jones, where did he go? Duke. Yeah. Let's get to number three. One, two, three. Some say that how Daniel Jones plays is going to affect how Riley Leonard is is judged by the NFL. Interesting. Because if you kind of squint with both eyes in, in, in a dark room from across the room when the TV isn't big, they kind of look the same, right? Both tall, both fast, both, both playing for Duke. Like, there's similarities there. Both athletic. Duke beat Lafayette by a bunch. But the reason why I want to talk about him is because uh, – they did exactly what I wanted them to do. Like like down word perfect what I wanted them to do. I said out loud on this show last week, Duke's playing Lafayette. They should win, but it's about how it looks. Riley Leonard completed 51% of his passes against Clemson. That's not a good enough number, but it's not like Duke would go back and change anything about that win they had over Clemson. <laughs> so don't change it, right? But... When you play Lafayette, I want to see that that's not a problem. So, if you complete 51% of your passes against Clemson, against Lafayette, I use the term recklessly high percentage. I wanted to see Riley Leonard complete a recklessly high percentage of his passes, and I wanted him to watch most of the second half from the sidelines. Did you see how the Duke-Lafayette game played out? Exactly like that. He completed 100% of his passes. He went 12 for 12. 
140 some odd yards, uh, one touchdown, and then by halfway through the third quarter, he was on the bench watching for the rest of the game. That is scripted. That is scripted exactly what I wanted to see out of Duke. They won by a bunch. Backup came in, did the same thing. Uh, Beelan, and, and he completed eight of eight. He went over 100 yards. I saw, you know, I saw this online. It was on Twitter or X, so uh, X.com. So it must be 100% true. Mm-hmm. First time since 96, two different quarterbacks for the same team threw for at least 100 yards without a completion or without an incompletion. Huh. Would have been much longer if they had thrown for 100 yards without a completion, but without an incompletion. Both of them. 20 for 20 Duke quarterbacks. That's a recklessly high completion percentage. And that's what I was looking for out of the Duke Blue Bags. Mike Elko has something working over there. He has something working. Let's get to number two. Starting five brought to you by Window Nation. Number two, NC State's offense. Not great. We talked about it earlier. You can check it out on our YouTube page, 99.9 The Fan. I want to talk about their defense, though. Very good. Very good. And I know I can hear some of you saying, 45 points allowed? How do you get off saying very good? Well, here's here's how I got off saying very good. Uh, they were put into a rough situation with turnovers, and every defense is going to get tired at some point. <laughs> they matched up with Notre Dame. They matched up in intensity. They matched up in skill. They matched up in, in pure physical ability for a large portion of the game. There's a long uh, uh, weather delay, which just adds to it. I know, like, I went through a few of these in college um, where there's a lightning strike, and it, it's it's brutal to be in that locker room. Coaches are telling you to uh, get off your feet. They're giving you Chex Mix or something else that's salty. Uh, they're giving you some kind of orange slices. They're giving you Gatorade or Powerade, whoever you're sponsored by. Trainers are going around getting getting guys stretched out, trying to stay loose. But it is like the mental thing of just trying to stay ready that whole time is exhausting. And and then it's bad luck to come out there. You're on defense. If one guy isn't explosive and ready, you give up an 80-yard touchdown. Oh, look, you give up an 80-yard touchdown. And, and there were a few of those fluky plays, but... Like, like, actually, I'll, I'll talk about fluky plays. Um, Aiden White. Okay, there was one play that was complete fluky. Uh, Aiden White is your best cover guy, right? He was an all-ACC performer a season ago. A uh, bunch of interceptions, bunch of pass breakups. Came in with, with super high expectations as a corner. He feels judgment call on a play that the wide receiver ran out of bounds under their own power. And when that happens, they are ineligible to catch a pass. Right, so it becomes like a like a heady, high football IQ play. If you think a, a wide receiver stepped out under their own power, to then abandon them, right? Because who cares if they catch it? It would be a penalty. You you run up to cover somebody else. He does that. Wide receiver catches it. He's taken off down the sideline for a gain of like seventy. The referees go back and watch the play, and they deem Aiden White to have pushed the guy out of bounds. So if he doesn't go out of bounds under his own power, he's eligible to catch a pass. That's a, a, a fluky play in and of itself, but it's a decision play. It's a awareness play. It's it's not a physical play, right? It's not like Aiden White got beat by that receiver and and they took advantage of it. It was it was a, a this an interpretation of the rules. And then here's how that play gets even crazier. 
The receiver's taken off down the field, right down the sideline. Peyton Wilson goes full Terminator and, and is like, uh, goes full, what was it, $6 million man, and hawks him down from behind, catches him like 50 yards later, and plants him into the ground. And that's a linebacker hawking down a, a wide receiver. So in that play, you kind of got the full experience of the NC State offense against Notre Dame. Was it a good play? Gosh, no. You gave up a huge amount of yards. But it was a little bit of decision-making, right? A little bit of awareness, little fluke, little fluky. Meanwhile, met with Peyton Wilson going sideline to sideline. Like, that's the full experience. It was met with Peyton Wilson being a superhuman who's 6'4", looks like a, a tall and broad quarterback who is as fast as some of the guys that that are wide receivers at Notre Dame. You can say what you want about Notre Dame. They don't exactly scrape the bottom of the barrel in recruiting very often. So I think the defense played very well. I thought they made Sam Sam Hartman struggle early on. He caught some kind of fire and got some uh, uh, garbage time stats and things like that later on. But, you know, it was 24-17 in the second half. And I thought NC State was going to score to to tie it up. And that was largely on the heels of the defense, right? That was largely on them keeping the offense in the game. So I give NC State's defense a lot of credit. Was it perfect? No. Did they deal with the unpredictable as well as they could, the sudden change as well as they could? No. But I think think there's going to be some very dominant performances from that NC State defense this season. The offense needs to get brought up to speed. But... You know, easier said than done on the offense. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's get to number one. The one! Panthers lose week one. Panthers lose week one. Bijan Robinson. Actually, you know, going into the game, I said this was going to be the debut for the two leading uh, betting favorites for rookie of the year. Bryce Young and and Bijan Robinson. Uh, Bijan Robinson... I test flying colors past his first touchdown. That move to shake the guy, the first one, uh, Frankie Louvu. I, I was, I was going to give him the, the, that's it's like, don't name the guy who gets dunked on. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's a, that's a top five back in the league move. That is shake and bake that you don't see from many. And then he finished it with the touchdown. Uh, he had a couple plays. One was called back. And then the the other catch up the right side. Bijan's going to be legit. Panthers, buckle up for the next five years at least. You're going to be facing Bijan Robinson twice a year, and he is going to be a handful to tackle. Uh, the thing that concerns me more is Bijan didn't even get the bulk of the the usage. Bijan Robinson uh, didn't get the bulk of the carries. He didn't get any of the goal line carries. He he ceded a lot of that to Tyler Algier, and Algier was wildly productive that's what's going to worry me that's what worries me right if if 
you know, I kind of look at it like if you're facing a pitcher that can throw 105 and occasionally he blows one by you at 105, what are you going to do? Right? So you, you tip your cap. But if, if, if he sneaks one by at 96, it's like, wait a second. Or if he slips and, and throws one over the plate at 84 and that beats you, now you have to start worrying about you. Right? If B. John Robinson was just being a better athlete than the, the Panthers defense, it's like what are you gonna do? Right? Occasionally you gotta tip your cap, right? It's the the um uh Justin Jefferson of it all. Yeah. Right? Like occasionally Justin Jefferson's gonna get open. Why how do I know that? Because no one's been able to cover him since he's gotten the league. Occasionally he's gonna get open. But Tyler Algier doesn't have to beat you, right? If 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 uh Justin Jefferson occasionally gets open, fine. Right? Fine. If uh, uh, Kendrick Bourne is getting open. All right, we got bigger problems, right? And that's no disrespect to Kendrick Bourne. It's just saying uh, there are different, you know, there are levels to this thing. The Panthers' defense gave up a lot of yards and, and a lot of yards after contact and, and, and a lot of yards falling forward to Tyler Algier. He's a thousand yard rusher from a season ago. B. John Robinson, he is not. So now let's flip it. Bryce Young was the other betting favorite. He's the second, or going into the game, was the second betting favorite to be rookie of the year. I think it's fair to say of the three starting rookie quarterbacks, he turned in the third best performance. That's not a hot start for the rookie of the year <laughs> voting, right? Anthony Richardson did some Anthony Richardson things. Uh, you could say, like, oh, the Panthers don't have a supporting cast. The Texans at least on par with and when like and I'm going reverse on par with mm-hmm. they're at least as bad as the like the Panthers however bad they are the Texans are at least equally as bad they're definitely not better uh and and CJ Stroud turned in a decent day they're in the same ballpark yeah so you know CJ Stroud didn't turn the ball over twice right it's 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 those types of things well he got his out of the way during the preseason oh so do you think that they babied him in the preseason? They baby, babied Bryce? I don't know. They kept saying vanilla play calling. I think that's the thing is that how much of this the play calling that we saw in the preseason, obviously we didn't really see that in week one here. I know you don't want to give away a whole lot with a new offense, new new staff, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But at some point you got to run that stuff in live action. You got to work the kinks out. You figured you would try and do that, I don't know, before it actually counts. Joint practices and preseason. Yeah. that Those are your opportunities to run it against a defense that isn't your defense. Exactly. I, I, I'm actually – maybe that's the thing, right? Because we talked about Frank Reich, 0-5-1 in game ones. Mm-hmm. Maybe he should realize protecting secrets isn't helping you that much, Frank. Everyone's going to get film on you at some point. Might as well go ahead and – here's the thing. Go ahead and get ahead of it. Pun go intended. Go ahead and get ahead of it. Quite frankly, it's not working. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. 